So we finished off, we were talking chapter 17 about the, the beast with seven heads and ten horns. And I went through the first six heads representing world powers. The seventh head, that is the, the seventh world power, is the kingdom of Rome. Rome is the kingdom symbolized on the beast as the head that was at the time of John. In John's time, the Roman Empire was in control of the world and it was strong as iron. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 40, it says, Following that kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. This kingdom of Rome is seen as dreadful and terrible and very strong, having ten horns, which are ten kingdoms that will be under its control. Uh, and in the end times also, uh, these can, ten kingdoms will be under control of what we today call the European Common Community, uh, which is the old, which will be the old Roman Empire, uh, reestablished. In Daniel chapter seven, verse seven, says, "Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong." It devoured and crushed its victim with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts and it had ten horns. This chapter 17 is a very complicated uh, chapter in Revelation. So I will take it as slow as possible and hopefully to make it as clear as possible. And hopefully by the time we get to the end of this chapter, uh, I will have clarified things better rather than making them more confusing. The Roman Empire was divided in 364 AD into two capitals. Eastern, which was Rome as its capital, and the Western branch, which was Constantinople. These are the two legs of iron in the vision of Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. As the result of an ecclesiastical separation, it lost much of its life as a world power, but it has never lost its religious existence or influence as a world power. Seen even today in the 21st century, of the Greek and Roman Catholic Church throughout the world. Roman law is still a strong controlling power in our laws of today. In this sense, the Roman Empire has never ceased to exist or be destroyed. The seventh kingdom to stand against Israel will be the revived Roman Empire, which is today's European common community. We are living in exciting biblical prophetic times 
and witnessing the unfulfilled prophecies in the Bible being fulfilled right before our very eyes in this 21st century. Under the leadership of the great harlot, harlot, which is the Roman Catholic Church, ruling the religious side of the Ten Kingdoms, five from the Eastern and five from the Western Bloc of the Old Roman Empire, there once again will be a massive and severe persecution of the Jews. The great harlot, Mystery Babylon, will attempt to stop every religious activity that is not of her own making and will murder any followers of Christ as well as of the Jews during the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. From this it is revealed that the ten horns and ten toes of Daniel chapter 2 and 7 correspond to the ten horns and ten kings of Revelation chapter 12, 13, and 17. Christ will destroy them at his second coming. The beast will be the eighth kingdom or king, the Antichrist, which will be of, oddly enough, Jewish Grecian descent. He will rise to power and rule over the European common community. So, how did Babylonian mysticism, found always in the back in the book of Genesis, become the Roman Catholic Church of the 21st century? I think Clarence Larkin, in his book Dispensational Truth, explains it best. Nimrod, who was a great-grandson of Ham, who Ham was one of the sons of Noah. So Cush, who was one of the sons of Ham, was also a descendant, or the ancestor, rather, of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on Earth. Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. He built his kingdom in the land of Babylon, with the cities of Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Kelne. From there he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Rehoboth, Kela and Rezin, the great city located between Nineveh and Kela. So here in Babylon, or Babel, uh, the Babylonian cult was founded by Nimrod. This was a system claiming to possess the highest wisdom and able to reveal the most divine secrets. Before a member could be initiated, he had to confess his sins to the priest. The priest then had this person in his power and would blackmail him by threatening to reveal his sins to the public if he tried to leave the cult or reveal any of the cult's secrets. This is where the sacrament of confession comes from the Roman Catholic Church. Once admitted into this order, Men were no longer Babylonians, Assyrians, or Egyptians, 
but members of a mystical brotherhood over who was placed a high priest or pontiff whose word was law. The city of Babylon continued to be the seat of Satan until the fall of the Babylonian and Medo-Persian empires, after which Satan shifted his capital to Pergamos, located in Asia Minor. When Atalu, who was the pontiff and king of Pergamos, died in 133 BC, he bequeathed, or willed, the headship of the Babylonian priesthood to Rome. When the Etruscans came to Italy from Lydia, the region of Pergamos, they brought with them the Babylonian regions and uh, religion and rites. They set up another pontiff who was the head of the priesthood. Later, the Romans accepted the pontiff as the civil ruler. Julius Caesar was made pontiff of the Etruscan order in 74 BC. In 63 BC, he was made supreme pontiff, pontiff of the Babylonian order, thus becoming heir to the rights and titles of Attalus, pontiff of the Pergamos, who had made Rome his heir heir by will. The first Roman emperor, Julius Caesar, also became the head, the pontiff of the Babylonian priesthood, and Rome the successor to Babylon. The emperors of Rome continued to exercise the office of supreme pontiff until 376 AD, when the emperor Gratian, a Christian, for Christian reasons, refused the office. Damasus, the bishop of the Church of Rome, was elected to the position. Damasus had been bishop for 12 years having been made bishop in 366 AD. Through the influence of the monks of Mount Carmel, a college of Babylonian religion originally founded by the priests of Jezebel, in 378 AD, the head of the Babylonian order became the ruler of the Roman church. Thus, Satan united Rome and Babylon into one religious system. Soon after Damasus was made supreme pontiff, the rites of Babylon began to come to the front. Worship of the Virgin Mary was set up in 381 AD, and all the outstanding festivals of the Roman Catholic Church are of Babylonian origin. Easter is not a Christian name. It comes from a pagan goddess by the name of Ishtar, one of the titles of the Babylonian Queen of Heaven, whose worship by the children of Israel was an abomination in the sight of God. The de decree for the observance of Easter and Lent was given in 519 AD. The rosary is also of pagan origin, and there is no warrant in the Word of God for the use of the sign of the cross. It had its origin in the mystic Tau of the Chaldeans and Egyptians. It came from the letter T, the initial name of Tammuz, and was used in the Babylonian mysteries for the same purposes 
as the Roman Church now employs it. Celibacy in the order of monks and nuns has no warrant or authority from Scripture. Nuns are an imitation of the Vestal Virgins of pagan Rome, who were used for orgies within the Church's rituals. The Papal Church has always shrouded herself in mystery. The mystery of baptismal regeneration, the mystery of magic where the simple memorials of the Lord's Supper was changed by the mysterious word transubstantiation in the Roman Catholic Church to mean changing the bread and wine that Jesus said to do in remembrance of him. You see that in, in, in Luke chapter 22, verse 19, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, into the literal body and blood of Christ. In other words, the Roman Catholic Church literally crucifies Christ over and over again every single day, many times a day, around the world through their ritual of transubstantiation. But Scripture clearly tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 10a, quote, For in that he died, he died once to sin. The mystery of holy water, lights, candles on the altar, mystery plays, and many other ceremonies and rituals was all a mystery in John's day because the Roman Catholic Church had not yet been developed, though the mystery of iniquity was already at work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 says, For the mystery of iniquity does already work, but it is no longer a mystery to us for it is easy to identify the woman mystery Babylon as the papal church, keeping once again in mind that all the true Christians will be ready, will be already raptured from all religious nations and peoples, including Roman Catholics, before the seven-year tribulation begins. It is easy to see how the seven hills signify Rome, the seven heads with the ten crowns signify, signify the revived Roman Empire of the Antichrist, and how the woman can be known as Mystery Babylon all at the same time. Once you learn the truth from the Word of God, it's not the bi that big of a mystery after all. Search the scriptures and prophecies of the Bible and compare them with history already fulfilled. When you do that, you can see exactly how true and accurate God's Word really is. What John and the other apostles of the New Testament and the prophets of the Old Testament wrote as prophecy, or things to come, we now look back on as ancient history. We read about many of the prophetic scriptures in today's history books as factual events that have taken place exactly as the Bible said they would. We will discuss the woman riding the beast uh, in more detail in the next uh, segment.